Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. Abraham Lincoln warned that the philosophy of the schoolroom in one generation will be the philosophy of government in the next. Would you like to know what's being taught in today's classrooms? Welcome to Say What? with attorney Mark Schneider and Pastor George Roska Jr. They'll explore the issues facing children, parents, and society as a result of the public schools and the forces behind them. Say What? is the radio program of Protect Our Kids, which seeks to inform and equip concerned citizens about the looming crisis in American education. So listen in as your hosts, Mark Schneider and George Roska Jr., unpack the issues and organizations affecting our children. And now here's your hosts, Mark Schneider and George Roska Jr. Hello, everyone. I'm George Roska. And I'm Mark Schneider. And we want to welcome you to today's episode 106 of Say What, where we talk about the threats to our children in the public school system, including the impact of the sex ed industrial complex on children in red and blue states alike. That's right, George. You know, we've reported many, many times on the triple threat, particularly the encroachment of comprehensive sexuality education uh, across the country. But um, you've uncovered a report that we're going to talk about today that talks about the fact that it's not limited to blue states anymore. It is quickly taking over red states as well. And parents need to be aware of this because, Mark, you and I have spoken all across the country and one of the common pushbacks we get is, well, I live in Idaho. It's not happening here. <laughs> yeah. Or I live in Texas, you yeah. know, or I'm in Oklahoma. And, and these states could have even a super majority of Republicans in both their state assembly or their state Senate and with a Republican governor. Right. And yet we'll see today how – the sex ed industrial complex is able to work around that. It comes in insidiously, and you, we're, we're going to point that out. Um, I guess this investigative report was published by the Claremont Press, and it's titled The Sex Ed Industrial Complex, How Conservative School Districts Come to Peddle Radical Sex Education to Children. Yes, and so the, the two co-authors, uh, Anna K. Miller, uh, who's the director for the Center for American Education at the Idaho Freedom Foundation, as well as Scott Yenner, uh, who's a Washington fellow at the Claremont Institute Center for the American Way of Life. And their main thing that they uncovered was that even in red states, radical gender ideology just pervades public schools. Um, Schools are, you know, trans, you know, transing kids from one gender to the another without even informing parents, yeah. and again, this is happening in red states as well. The question is, how is it happening, George? Exactly. What's going on here? Um, so here is the root of all evil when it comes to sex ed, Planned Parenthood. And Planned Parenthood has an army of minions uh, and affiliates um, who are well-funded by the federal government and they are the primary drivers and providers of such pro- 
programs. In fact, they have offices in the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, so they're deeply embedded with them, and which runs four, I guess, main grant programs for states, localities, and other entities. So they, they run these grant programs, which Planned Parenthood is involved they, in. Yeah, Planned Parenthood is heavily involved in even how that whole program got started and, and in fact, two, the two largest programs alone serve over 170,000 students each year across all 50 states, and they train thousands of teachers and other facilitators. So their effects are spread because right people move from place to place. This is where they're being educated from. And George, I can't believe the money behind this. And there is huge money behind this. Spending on these four biggest sex ed programs since 2010, the report uh, uh, says, exceeds $2.2 billion with a B. Planned Parenthood and its allies have won a large percentage of these grants, and they dominate the grant making, even the process they dominate. Yep. Uh, Planned Parenthood endorsed programs have received, wow. $1.68 billion from federal sex ed grants since 2010, according to the estimates. So this is just a real quick general summary of what we're going to get into, but this is the crazy part, Mark. How in the world does Planned Parenthood get funded by our taxpayer dollars? Um, most people think it's just going, you know, the, the abortion side, right? Well, the abortion is actually their their biggest and if, if you think about that and how big that is, it still pales in comparison to these big numbers we're talking about yeah, here. No question. About sex ed curriculum. So parents, please be aware, Planned Parenthood is the developer of this whole notion of comprehensive sexuality education. They started this back in 2006. Their International Planned Parenthood Federation published a guideline on this. So now it's about 17 years ago. Um, and then think about the planning process that went into making that. So I would say comfortably 20 years ago, Planned Parenthood already set out on a mission to capture our schools via sex ed and radical sex ed. So how did the they proverbial do that? fox guarding the hen house? It, exactly. So how did they do that? Well, step one they had to infiltrate and control the policy-making process mm. if you are to gain access to taxpayer dollars. And they've done that. And they have done that so well. In fact, in this report by the Claremont Institute, Planned Parenthood has demonstrated how they carefully control and coordinate the entire policy-making process to promote its goal of sexual revolution. I, it, that is the goal. Um, so in Congress, it basically it seeks writers and findings to make the funding of abstinence-only sex education more difficult. It has spearheaded the effort to favor programs that, quote-unquote, reduce sexual risks as opposed to avoiding sexual risks. So here's a question, George. Why would they make abstinence-only sex ed more difficult? It is the most effective, obviously. Why are they limiting that? I wonder why. You think it could have something to do with the other services that they provide in their yes. clinics? Future clients, future clients, uh, 
kids are just dollar signs to them. Yeah, that's right. Um, and so now this process is a result from concerted action at the highest levels of government led by what we'll call the Iron Triangle of activist pressure groups, legislative allies, mm. and aligned administrative activists. And so Planned Parenthood has basically been grooming children through this process for the last 20 years into what they consider sexually liberating America. So not only does the influence of Planned Parenthood uh, spearhead the sexual revolution in America's schools and beyond, but its activity also illustrates how really big government funds and supports leftist political activity more generally. Uh, because I think we can all uh, come to this conclusion, and a lot of other investigative reporters have, have shown this. Any kind of leftist ideology that comes up, how is it funded at the end of the day? Follow the money. Follow the money. Taxpayer dollars. Otherwise, this stuff would have never come off the ground. It right. would never take off. Yeah, and I guess Congress has established at least uh, four funding streams, according to the report for sex ed. Both the teen pregnancy prevention, what's called TPP, uh, and personal responsibility education program, PrEP, initiatives are competitive grant programs left over actually from the Obama administration. And two sexual risk avoidance education programs passed in the Trump administration were originally designed to emphasize abstinence only until marriage education. Well, these four programs housed now within the Health and Human Services uh, Department cumulatively dispense $228 million through 243 grants between, well, just in the last three years. Yes, yes, that's shocking. $228 million in the last wow, three years. a lot of money. A lot of money. So parents... Planned Parenthood 2006 posted their international guidelines on comprehensive sexuality education. What happened in 2008? Barack Obama gets elected president. What happened in 2012? Barack Obama gets elected a second time. In 2012, we went from six years ago, Planned Parenthood creating the international guideline for CSE, in 2012, they created the National Standards for yeah. Sex Education. Yeah. That was version one. And then in 2020, they created version two. In 2012, it was just a very, you know, watered down compared to what version two in 2020 uh, became. But these dates are really important is because the $2.2 billion that you quoted, Mark, that just started the clock in 2010. Mm. That was during Barack Obama's first term when all of these funding sources got developed. And that's how Planned Parenthood basically created all of this, working in the background with Democrat politicians. With friends in the White House. With friends in the White House. So Planned Parenthood and its affiliates, just in the last three years alone, out of the $228 million, $167 million, which comprises 80% of the health and human services sex education funding, went to either Planned Parenthood Incredible. or its affiliates. It's amazing. So we have these four programs. Um, so the TPP, the PREP, these two um, started under Barack Obama's administration. And then even when Trump came into office, he started a sexual risk avoidance education 
um, as well as uh, GD, sexual risk avoidance education. And even these two programs now under the Biden administration, Planned Parenthood has crafted new language to modify, not to abolish these programs because they don't want to do that, right? Because they then they'll be seen as truly, you know, going after any kind of, you know, sexual risk avoidance. You don't want you don't want to do that, right? But they've redefined terms within those two grant programs to basically make them like the other two previously in the under the Obama administration. The language wars. The language wars. <laughs> so now that brings us to the National Sexuality Education Standards, because when you apply for a grant, you could be a state, you could be a um, you could be a local school district. You're allowed to apply to these four grant opportunities, or you could be a nonprofit organization like Planned Parenthood. Mm. But the grant has certain standards. Well, guess what standards they use in order for you to be able to go after that money. I wonder, well, I'm going to read one of these, George, and this is through for grades three through five, uh, and it's entitled Puberty and Adolescent Sexual Development. By the end of fifth grade, students should be able to, and here's the description, describe the role hormones play in the physical, social, cognitive, and emotional changes during adolescence and the potential role of hormone blockers on young people who identify as transgender. Now, that's quite a mouthful for by the end of fifth grade. They've got to be able to describe and understand all this. And this That's is, unbelievable. And this is all stemming from... That's the, a say-what moment. It is. This all stems from the guidelines in order to apply, which basically means that your sex ed curriculum needs to comply with the National Sexuality Education Standard version 2.0. That's underwritten by Planned Parenthood. Exactly. Yeah. And it goes on. This guideline also requires teaching of abstinence. Wow, that is great. Wonderful. Oh, boy, conservatives will love this. Yes, but, and there's a big but, there's a new definition to abstinence under this guideline, which allows for vaginal sex in the backseat of a car so long as one uses a condom. That's abstinence today. That's abstinence today. You can't uh, make this stuff up. In, in fact, I'm taking a screenshot here from the NSES version 2.0, the definition of abstinence, choosing to refrain from a behavior. Sexual abstinence refers to refraining from certain sexual behaviors for a period of time. <laughs> Some people define sexual abstinence as not having penile vaginal intercourse, while others define it as not engaging in any sexual behaviors. So you can define it the way you want to exactly. based on the heat of the moment, right? Exactly. And claim that you're practicing abstinence. But they go oh on to say... In this, in this, uh, in these standards, right? There's a section called abstinence only until marriage programs, and so Planet Parenthood wants to warn people out there and the government out there, saying, "Hey, look, programs that present abstinence from all sexual behaviors outside of marriage as the only acceptable and morally correct standard for human behavior." They present abstinence as the only completely safe option outside the context of heterosexual marriage, and if contraception or disease prevention methods are discussed, these programs typically emphasize the method's failure rates. 
Big surprise. Big surprise. Now, here is the shocking statistic from what this report found. Almost half of America's school districts, that's all school districts in America, all right? Almost half of America's school districts have adopted this Planned Parenthood sex education standard as curricula. I mean, George, is so depressing. It really is the fox guarding the hen house. Uh, they're not only uh, controlling the money flow, they're developing the products that the money goes to. Uh, they are the gorilla on the block. They don't have many competitors for this. And even the competitors that they do for these kinds of programs are pretty much on the same page anyway, like exactly. rights, respect, and responsibility. It, it's a similar curriculum, but Planned Parenthood by far is the biggest. Exactly. So we touched upon, first, you can't even access the money if you don't comply with these standards. Right. And we discussed what these standards talk about. Well, secondly, you can't touch that money if you don't have medically accurate curricula. And so let's see what does medically accurate curricula mean because Planned Parenthood has defined that already through the grant-making process. So in the Health and Human Services Department, here's what medically accurate means. So Planned Parenthood has mastered the art of having curriculum designated medically accurate through the TPP Evidence Review. Of more than 600 studies evaluated under the TPP Evidence Review Program, only 24 of them were approved for use in schools. And Planned Parenthood endorsed 17 of those so 24. So, of them. Okay. They're, they're behind. Now, the numbers look as if they went through this rigorous process of screening and making sure that out of those 600, only 24, that's less than... Five percent. You mean it wasn't rigorous? It wasn't rigorous at all. So let's check what does this medical accuracy mean. So effective programs must reduce either teen pregnancy, the transmission of STDs, and associated sexual risks. The process appears rigorous since it blesses fewer than you know five percent of these programs. The rigor is more political than scientific, however, because medically accurate and effective programs end up being endorsed through the national sex education um, standards. While these programs claim to be medically uh, accurate, here's what they really have. TPP Evidence Review uses loose standards to approve sex education curricula. Uh, These loose standards are easier to manipulate. For example, approved programs must show one favorable impact on one sexual risk behavior outcome, such as reducing pregnancy, the number of sex partners, or STD transmissions, even for a short duration. The studies can be conducted by the program's own developer, not an independent evaluator. Thus, a program can be approved by the TPP Evidence Review by virtue of just one positive study, even if other studies find no or negative effect. So, for example, you have studies that have been chosen out of those 24, right, that went through a rigorous review that showed that they reduced teen pregnancy, but it could have increased STDs. It could have increased the amount of uh, sexual partners that these kids had. And yet, it was approved. As it part had of one those. favorable impact. It had one favorable impact. How we impact. define it. So yeah. now, 
they have basically manipulated everything here in the whole how the grants were formulated under the Obama administration, how that grant making process has evolved over the last you know fifteen years, um, and what standards are being used and constantly evolved in order to meet the qualifications of the program. And it's not us saying this. I mean, this is a in depth study that was done by this Claremont Institute. So uh, you know, this is available to you. I guess to anybody who wants to read this, they can read it for themselves. Free to download but, online. But, but the facts are the facts. All this is possible because the granting agencies, which in Health and Human Services, are staffed with, let's face it, left wing political activists. They have an agenda that they're promoting. In fact. Um, it's called Equity Action Plan. I mean, it, it's right there. Um, in the context of sex education, this means pursuing equity between gays and non-gays or transgender-identifying people so that groups supposedly on the outs in American society have a chance to become grant recipients. So what are the steps that we must take in order to eradicate this sex ed industrial complex? And this is a very important question because we can't go in there and salvage these programs. It was tried. The Trump administration tried. They, instead of just sticking with the two uh, that were started in the, under the Obama administration, the Trump administration actually tried to eradicate those two. Planned Parenthood sued and effectively won the lawsuit mm-hmm. uh, that, that, required those two programs to continue. Um, And so that's why the Trump administration tried two new programs where they tried the sexual risk avoidance uh, route. And as soon as Trump left office, the Biden administration came in with their minions and retooled retooled the the two new programs. So now you have four. So you've created basically, um, you know, you're you're another, you know, ugly giant to contend with. So at the state level, At the state level, states must reject this money from the federal government that brings in sex ed. Uh, And there are six things that we'll go through here real quickly. So reject any kind of money that requires you to adhere to the national sexuality and education standards. Reject all Planned Parenthood-endorsed sex ed curricula from operating within schools or school training programs for teachers. Uh, we have to hold school districts or schools responsible financially for using Planned Parenthood endorsed curricula because we have to follow the money. Money is going um, you know, to these schools through these programs because nonprofits or local school districts are allowed to go and apply to those uh, grant, um, the federal grants through the Health yeah. and Human Services Department. Um, states must prevent school districts from even being able to apply to those uh, pots of money, and they should start investigating sex education interest groups for violations of state laws because a lot of states are starting to put in state laws like Florida, right? Yeah. You can't teach gender ideology right. you know, through third grade, right? The, the um, what was that <clears throat> called? Uh, the, the the stop the gay bill or something like that that the, the Disney was that was the euphemism against. they gave to it it had a you know it was child protection act I think yeah. was the name of it but now Florida can <clears throat> use that in order to go against these sex ed curricula which are complying with the national sex education standards right. which say you must teach children by the time they're three about 
three and third grade, you know, by, you know, teaching them puberty blockers that you just, you know, you read off of that mark. And, and lastly, Congress, we somehow need the federal government. We need to overtake that majority and Congress has to remove uh, these funding streams. There's no other way to do it. We've created, we've allowed our politicians to create these funding streams. So Congress must abolish it. Yeah, so a lot of these these six things you mentioned, it involves uh, policymakers taking direct action. And policymakers, uh, many of them are elected. And so, parents, this is where you have a role. You have to not only be knowledgeable about what's going on, you have to take action. And that means voting your conscience. Unfortunately, George, that's all the time we have for today. But before we leave, we want to invite you to visit our website, protectourkidsnow.org where you can find a raft of materials that should be a benefit to you, including the ability to download uh, white papers, research papers, brochures that you can make available to, uh, to other people, uh, including our guide to how, a, how to start a private school. Um, this is a 20-page document, and it walks you through the, the steps to start a private school, say, in a church with an unused space. Uh, you can also request Georgia Wright to come and, and speak at a function. We speak all over the country. We'd be delighted to, uh, to speak to your group. And, um, of course, Protect Our Kids is a nonprofit. We are completely funded by the gifts of our, our uh, donors, and, and, uh, and we invite you to, to help us out uh, if you have a heart to do so. Well, George, thank you for looking into this uh, report. Incredibly valuable information. Parents, I hope you'll take action on it. Until next time, we look forward to seeing you next week. You've been listening to Say What? The radio ministry of Protect Our Kids, where they seek to inform and equip concerned citizens about the crisis in American public education and the forces working against our children. Join us at this same time every Saturday as attorney Mark Schneider and Pastor George Roska Jr. unpack the issues so that we can better safeguard our nation's children. For more information about this program or Protect Our Kids, email the show at info at protectourkidsnow.org. That's info at protectourkidsnow.org. And join Mark and George right here next week at this same time for another episode of Say What? 